a national ESPN reporter gave his ACC preview, and he was not very high on Boston College. I'll explain what he said and why I don't agree with him on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I hope you're all having a great day. We're, we're so deep into uh, summer camp in terms of the college football season. We're only a couple weeks away. And David Hale of ESPN released his ACC preview. And a lot of it, much of it didn't really involve Boston College at all. It was talking about Clemson and Miami and Louisville. Fine. That's great. But when he gave their project, projected standings, it was David Hale and Andrea Adelson uh, I think what struck me was where he had the Eagles, and that was 11th in the entire conference. Yes, 11th. And it was good for dead last in the Atlantic. Now, if you've listened to Locked on BC, you know how I feel about the Eagles this year. I'm not in the camp of thinking BC is going to go 11-1 and and win the Atlantic uh, Atlantic division or, or win the ACC this year. I, I don't. I'm not that high on them. But I still think, given the talent that they have on this roster, the eight and four—I mean, high, high, high—you know—version would be nine and three is not out of the question. So I totally disagree with Hale here. Um, my biggest, my biggest beef, and I've seen a lot of team, a lot of projections that put Boston College near the bottom. Anyone that puts Syracuse in front of BC, I have some issues with, because if you match up. Everything between the two rosters, to me, the only thing that Syracuse has that's better is a slightly better secondary, which is very good, but BC's is also very good, so I'm not going to give them the edge there, and a running back who is out of this world. Other than that, they don't have a good quarterback. I don't really find their wide receivers all that dangerous. Their defense is solid, but I think BC's is better. I don't know. I, I have BC ahead of Syracuse just in my brain. So someone out there called out Hale and asked them, why did you put BC so low? And he basically said that there's so many issues on the offensive and defensive side line that that's a big factor and the biggest factor for a team that uh, that, that, that when they look at college football, it's like quarterbacks and the, and the two lines. The trenches are a big thing for him, which I think is fair. I don't know. I don't know where you guys are at in terms of this offensive line. Now, Drew Kendall, we've talked about it a lot. He is out. I don't know if he's back yet. You know, the practices have been closed. We haven't been able to see him. Uh, but his injury would be a big one. He would be one that I would worry about losing. But you look at the talent BC is bringing back. You look at Ozzie Trapillo, I think, is going to be the next big-time Boston College offensive lineman. And you have him at tackle, which is crucial. You put him there. You have uh, Finn Durstein. I, I don't know what you're going to have there. You're going to have um, Kevin Klein, who even before this year, I was very high on. I cannot wait to see what he does. I'm guessing he's going to be a tackle. I said that on yesterday's depth chart um, preview. You, you got two tackles I like. If Drew Kendall can stay healthy, he's going to be, he'll be solid. He's, again, a top, you got Trapillo and Kendall, both really high ranked um, offensive linemen. And then you have two question marks. Now, if you were to look year to year, right, you look last year and 
and this is no knocks on any of those guys, right? Tyler Vrabel was a big question mark. Yeah, he played a lot, but he was also hurt all the time. And we saw that happen last year. He was a big question mark. Ben Petrula, nice player that can consistently play, but did he have a big upside? No. He was he was solid. He did things well, but like he's not irreplaceable. The big issue here on that offensive side of the ball, on that offensive line, was Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom. I think Drew Kendall will take a slight step down from Alec Lindstrom. But I think when I look at this grand scheme of things, the Zion Johnson thing will be one, but it's a guard position. It's not a tackle. Good tackle play, I think, is important. And I think BC, if as if if they go with Conley, if or and hopefully he improves, or they go with Trapillo and Klein, you get good tackle play. I like what you have there. I, ha- I like what they have on this roster. The bigger thing for me, and where I think this ro- this offensive line can be serviceable, and when they're, when they're serviceable, I don't agree with BC being in the bottom of this rankings. If BC's offensive line can be just slightly average and that's all you're asking for, you have better... I think they're going to have better coaching this year. Matt Applebaum, I mean, what was the talk? If you listen to the last two years of Locked On BC about that offensive line, it was, they're the strength of this team. They're one of the best in the ACC. They're going to really hold this team together. And in 2020 and 2021, after watching what you saw, would you agree that they did? I don't think so. I thought they underperformed quite a bit. Now you have a different offensive coordinator, uh, offensive line coach, and a different offensive coordinator. You can do some things, you know, you, maybe using a tight end or other things uh, in terms of coaching, you know, schematic things from an offensive line perspective to make them uh, to boost them up a little bit. Get Jack Conley playing a little better, you know, put him in a position to be to play at a higher level. If they can overachieve a little bit. How big of a difference would it be between last year and this year? I I argue it's not that big of a difference. Because you watch the film from last year, you look at the statistics. Other than Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom, there wasn't much in terms of high, super high-level play on that offensive line. So I think there... There's questions, and I get, I, and I'm not, I'm not r- ripping on David Hale here and Andrea Addison. They have every right to say this. I'm just saying, from my perspective, what I'd like to see from BC and what I kind of expect, given how Halfley has put things together. I think the coaching staff and that there's talent there that's going to take a step up to really kind of close that gap on offensive line, so it won't be a a, a huge issue. The defensive line, uh, you know, the same thing. You're getting Chabuzi and Wuka back, right? He was a big difference maker in the center of that defense in 2020. They missed him badly last year. On uh, Monday's press conference, Donovan Azaraku talked about the number that they have up in their their locker room or their meeting room, excuse me, that's 4.5. And they look at that at every practice and every film session. They look at the number 4.5. And what does that mean? It's 4.5 yards per carry. And for them... That as Araku said, it was embarrassing because that's that you're not going to win many games if you're allowing that many yards per carry uh, on the year. So they have been looking; they want to get it down to about three. If they can do that, man, that that's great. You know, I I trust Tem Lokabu. I trust what he can do. Um, the defensive line, I think, will be better because you have a couple different things that could happen. And I think all of them could end up being positive. First of all, she the the name of the summer, Shida Salah, lined up from Marcus Valdez. If he plays well, 
boom, you've got your second defensive end and you've got good depth behind him. You've got three young defensive ends that are ready to play. What if Salah either gets hurt or isn't playing at the level that you need him to at the at, as an ACC-level edge defender? You have Donovan Azaraku, Nito Ekpala, and Ty Clemens all ready to come in and play. I mean, they've all three of them. You know, we had Azaraku at, at press conferences already talking to people. Akpala is, is is chomping at the bit. And we saw Clemens during the spring game had like six sacks. So you have talent there. And I, I'm just saying from what they're saying, you know, putting them at the bottom right now, yeah, there's a lot of question marks. But what I'm going to say is that I think Boston College has the potential to answer the questions that he had, which is the offensive and defensive line. And I don't expect either of them to be elite, but I could see both of them taking a step forward, and that's kind of all you need to have a good season and to not be the in dead last in the Atlantic. We'll have to wait and see. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk recruiting here, and we're going to get into a local recruit that Boston College did not land, and I'll give you some updates on that. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill somebody? Everyone knows the risk about driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. So we haven't had a chance to really get into recruiting because it's been kind of quiet lately. Now, just a quick update. Josiah Griffin, a defensive end from Springfield, Massachusetts, is going down to his final three uh, choices. He is the younger brother of Joseph Griffin, who is BC's star wide receiver. They are not star, but rising star wide receiver, a true freshman, also out of Springfield. Josiah is down to three schools. I thought it was really interesting. He's down to... Uh, Boston College, okay, Harvard, and Yale. So as you can see, he's got kind of a choice he's going on with here. He's either going to go with the Power 5 school and go to Boston College, also good education, play with his brother, play locally, that's great. Or does he go to the Ivy League? I think he could choose either, and I think BC might take him if he, if he decides to go to the Eagles. So uh, that's one to watch, and hopefully on Eagle Insider, I'll have an interview up with him. I'm talking to him um, just uh, going back with a few other questions before I post that interview, but check that out. Uh, BC has a couple defensive ends already on the um, ro- edges on the roster and uh, in that recruiting class. Now, let's let's get into the bad news, though. On Sunday, Ronan Hannafin, a class of 23 wide receiver slash linebacker out of uh, BBNN in Cambridge. He's originally from... Uh, I think it's Burlington or Norwood. He's, he's from Massachusetts, okay? Uh, he's got a brother on Boston College uh, roster, Shane Hannafin. He's a uh, fresh uh, redshirt freshman, and uh, he's got connections to BC for years. So he ends up making his choice. He was down to BC, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, and he chose Notre Dame. Now, he was a four-star wide receiver, top 125 recruit. Would have been a massive get for the Eagles, uh, but you could just kind of sense that it was slipping away that, you know, once he started doing all those visits and Clemson kind of pushed really hard late on, 
He loved it down at Clemson. Then you show these pictures of his entire family down there. That was a big loss. Now, from what I've heard, it's not over. That you know, BC is going to still try to see if they can get him to flip and and come to Boston College. But man, trying to get him away from Clemson—that's a big deal here. Now, this brings a big question here. BC is down to I think two of the top ten recruits in Massachusetts. Is that considered a failure? in terms of recruiting, because many people want to get all the local recruits to stay in Massachusetts. And you look at each year, BC grabs three guys from Massachusetts, four guys. Right now, it's a handful. They get the Catholic Memorial kids, and that would be Jaden Skeet, a wide receiver, and Dottrell Jones, a running back from Catholic Memorial, and Holden Simmons, a tight end from... um, from Governor's Academy, which is also a school in Massachusetts. So you have three. Is that enough? And I'm going to say I I understand that you want to get those kids, a a lot of the big ones, like Bubakar, Traor, but there's also a level of local recruits that are just never going to come to BC. And as much as that probably bugs you to hear it, I'm telling you the truth here, folks. Guys like Samson Ukunlola, who is a top, I think, 30 recruit, a five-star who has offers everywhere – he really never considered Boston College. He visited, you know, to be with some of his teammates who probably are more apt to go there. But these kids, you know, Samson Okunlola, Jonel Aguero, there's these big time recruits that, you know, are five stars that get their eyes open to some of these blue chip schools. And as much as Boston College pushes as as friendly and as welcoming as Jeff Halfley and his staff can be, there's literally nothing you can do. At that point, you know, I guess you could talk more about NIL deals down the future as like maybe there's a way to like pay them more to stay local. But that that's not a conversation I'm having right now because it's not something that's there yet. So that that I think is something that's that's interesting to look forward to in another conversation. But I think what BC needs to do is is yes, you want to get some of the local kids. I don't consider it a failure, though, if they lose kids that are local. I do want to see BC attacking schools or, or working and developing pipelines across the country at schools that produce good, talented kids that fit the mold of what Boston College is doing. And that doesn't, it's not an elitist thing to say. It's not to say that certain schools aren't doing that. But look at the schools Boston College has been hitting at. And I will tell you that they're better They're better schools than what you see in Massachusetts. I'm, and I'm a Massachusetts guy, right? So we're talking Bishop Gorman in Nevada. They gave us a, a running back and a linebacker this year. You have St. John's Bosco. BC has two safeties from that school, one of the best schools in the country. And then, of course, there's St. Francis Academy in Maryland. Now, these are all schools with Catholic affiliations, but big-time football schools. So BC has done that with the big local school. Right now, Catholic Memorial is humming at a level that is unprecedented around the state. And BC has two commitments for this class. They have one that they're trying to get. They've got offers to future classes at at Catholic Memorial. They're doing what they need to do to get those kids. And they're offering some of the smatterings around the area. But it's, again, those pipeline schools that's so important. I want to see BC hitting more on those, those pipelines, hitting those schools that are across the country that they've connected with that produce good talent. And I, I would say I'm not totally sold on what they've done so far this year. I know I'm a I'm not I'm not bashing it. I think I'd love to see like as I've said on the show before, like one more like 
uh, crown jewel of the class. I'd love to see like a nice solid four star. Roderick Pleasant is that guy to me right now. If they get him, then this class is pulled together perfectly. But I still think that's a that's a tough pull. Um, he's a cornerback from California, by the way. Four star, really high ranked. Um, I, other than that, I love what they've done with some of these kids. If you look at the schools that they've offered, uh, that they have, as I just said, St. Francis, St. Francis, Newman Garetti, Pensokin, uh, Life Christian Academy in Virginia. You have Henderson in Texas. You have two Texas kids. You have Brother Rice in Michigan. You have Hyatt's uh, DeMatha Catholic. So big time programs, big time football schools. I like that. I think that's much more important than just saying I need every kid from Massachusetts to stay here. I think that is what should be what we consider when we look at the grading of a recruiting class. So yeah, it stinks that Ronan Hannafin didn't come here. Um, and hopefully BC can still stay involved in that and maybe try to flip him. But in the end, is this like a, a make or break moment for the class? No, I don't think so. It, it, it stings, but it's not there. Um, I think this is just another one of those moments where you get to say, okay, where do they go from here? And as I said, um, Roderick Pleasant is a big time name to watch for. He's that, he's a four-star cornerback who loves Jeff Halfley. He talks about him all the time, who can run absurd numbers in the 100 meter dash. Uh, he would be the fastest guy BC's probably ever had. Not even close. And that includes Zay Flowers right now. So that's the one to watch for. But we'll give you more updates as it comes along. There's two still silent recruits um, that we have not heard that have committed to BC but have not announced it yet. Um, I have my crystal balls up on Eagle Insider. And you can become a member of Eagle Insider and get more of my updates on recruiting. I talk to everybody, whether it's national recruiting experts, the players themselves, their families, coaches. Uh, BC coaches, uh, BC staff, I get it all. So become a member at Eagle Insider. It's 30% off for the year right now. Hope you join up. It's fun. Uh, we have a message board. You can. There's a segment called Ask AJ Anything, and there's probably like 200 questions on there right now that you can go through um, and get a lot of insider information on the recruiting trail and from practices. So check that out. Now, in a moment, folks have been asking, well, we're going to wrap things up by talking about the men's basketball program, give a little insight on where they're at, and uh, look at the the reasonable steps of where they could go this year, I think, uh, where Boston College is going under Earl Grant. We'll get to that in just a moment. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. So we've been talking about football for about two weeks straight, and I know a lot of you have been asking about basketball, and uh, practices have been close, so we haven't had a chance to really go, but what I've seen it, uh, you know, from their clips and what they've been saying has impressed me. Um, it seems to me that right now, the motto in my brain of where BC is at is steel sharpened steel. This is one of those moments where I feel like for the first time, BC basketball has depth and we'll get to see how that depth plays out and who gets minutes and who doesn't and how Grant manages those minutes. Um, but I see the practice. I see them. It, it, really, really a lot of hustling out there and really pushing each other. And you have guys up and down that lineup that could be starters. You have 12 guys, and most of them could contend to be a player in, in that rotation. Now, you get those guys practicing against each other and hustling and playing, that's only going to get your team better. You're now competing against top-level talent. Uh, and talent that is is good. You brought in four freshmen this year. You know, Prince Oligby, DJ Hand, Chaz Kelly, and uh, Amani Mighty. Four guys that I think we're all going to want to see what happens. It seems to me like Oligby, uh, who's a, a forward or a wing, 
is going to be the guy that gets the most minutes out of it, but who knows? You got Chaz Kelly, who's a defensive specialist. He can play both sides of the ball really well. You got Imani Mighty, another big. Combine all that into practice, and you're going to start to see momentum, I think. I think you're going to see the players really start to get better and, and push each other a little bit because now they've got other guys biting at their heels for playing time. Uh, you know, when you have good players that are ready to play and you want to be at your best because if you slack for a game, Grant 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 has shown that he'll bench you and put in somebody else. So I would love I would love to see what where this team comes out looking like when they start the season off in Dartmouth. Um, Grant seems so excited about that. I mean, we go back to a couple weeks ago, and he had that tw- that t- tweet up that was like, you know, so excited or something like that. It was all about how excited he was, and it was about the f- play of his freshman. And that's not even including, you know, that's not including guys like Jaden Zachary or Demar Langford or Quinton Post, who all could be in for huge seasons this year. I think this is the most excited most people have been about BC basketball in about 15 years, folks. Yes, BC has had players that have helped elevate their team, guys like Kai Bowman, Jerome Robinson, Reggie Jackson. But it's been a while since BC's had a, a roster that can absorb an injury, play deep, have specialists that can do certain things. I mean, you got a guy like Mason Madsen. You need a big three-point shooter at different points of the game. You throw him in. This this guy has something that you didn't have at all last year. So I, I love the depth of this team, and I love what they're going to start to bring. And this excitement, I think, is what's leading to what's going on with TJ Power. And if you're not aware, I think we talked about this last week. He's the five, uh, four-star, almost five-star recruit uh, from Massachusetts, from Worcester Academy, who has BC in his top five along with UNC, Duke, Iowa, and UVA. And, you know, there was a, a 247 writer, I think it was Adam Finkelstein, that said, uh, no, um, it was another Hoops writer, excuse me, who said, you know, BC's on there for a reason. It's not just because he's giving the hometown a, a cursory uh, pat on the back. I mean, he could have done that with Providence. You know, he had offers from all over the place. There's some legitimate interest between BC and 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 Power. So are they a long shot? Yeah. But you know what? They come out of the gates looking real strong. I know he's going to probably commit before that. But I know this would be... this If they were to land TJ Power and have a big season, you're going to see a... Uh, a momentum with Boston College basketball that has been absent since the Dudley and Skinner years. And that's exciting because it's it's a dormant program. Like BC football, they have a ton of work to catch up to to be a and it's it's so hard because you get programs like Alabama and and Clemson. Basketball, any team can do it. And BC's building their new practice facility. They've got the the renovations going there. They just need a big season to really start to get that going. And it looks like it's there. It looks like they have the potential to, to surprise people. I mean, John Rothstein had them as their sleeper pick for the year for ACC football, basketball. There's a lot that BC that could go right with this team. And it, 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 every time, and I think the social media group from BC has done a nice job of of sending that out there. Like you know, with, whether it's Earl Grant or the players talking about how hard they're working right now, it's a likable group, and I think it, the results are going to show themselves for all the fans and sickos out there that are ready for another season of BC basketball. On tomorrow's show, 
We're going to continue talking about BC football camp. Anything new in the world of Boston College, we'll hit it all up. And if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or at LockedOnBC. Again, I am the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. I give you all the good details over there. So just put Eagle Insider in, hit that star button on your browser so that you save it as a bookmark, and become a VIP member. I think you'll really enjoy it. Thank you all. We'll see you again soon.